Welcome to the Shepherd Peace Counseling Ministries. I'm Nathan Clark. And today on our series, Questions and Answers, we are going to be looking at the question, does God condone rape? But before we look at that question, I think it's important to have an understanding that it is not our jobs as men or women to put God on trial. And oftentimes that's what questions like these are intended for. That the purpose that I see behind others that will pose a question like this is to prove that God may be in some way an evil God. But that is not my purpose today to answer the question whether God is good or God is bad. God is always good regardless of whether he fits our idea of right and wrong. It is our job to assimilate what God calls right and wrong and not for us to determine whether God is right and wrong. And so today we are going to look at this question, but I want to make it perfectly clear that I'm not looking at this question for the sake of judgment, but I'm simply looking at this question for the purpose of clear understanding of truth. So, does God condone rape? Well, let's turn into our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 22. And we'll begin at verse 28. These are the verses that I'd say that most people would turn to if they were to build a case that God does, in fact, support rape. And they read, If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her, he may not put her away all his days. So the words or the phrase that we want to look at closely is the phrase, and lay hold on her. This is where some confusion could take place. What does that mean to lay hold on her? Now, if the words lay hold on her does in fact mean rape, then the following verse does seem that God is uh, requiring the young lady, we'll say the victim, um, to spend the rest of her life with her perpetrator. Now that may not make sense to us, but is that what's really being said here? Or is it possible that verse 29 is not against the uh, young lady, but rather it is placing the young man in a, a place of responsibility, taking responsibilities for his actions, which we find his actions in verse 28. What happened in verse 28 that God is requiring that he be responsible for? Is it rape? Well, let's look. Let's look at a, uh, a second witness in the Bible of this statute in Exodus chapter 22, beginning at verse number 16. And we see this statue again, except worded a little differently to kind of help shed some light on what is really being said there. Verse 16, and, a man, and if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. If the father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay the money according to the dowry of virgins, which is fifty shekels of silver. So we see this same statue again, only worded a little different, and we see lay hold actually means to entice. It does not mean to lay hold on her in a violent way. It means to lay hold on her in a, in a way of passion, in a way of romance. But we have an issue. And that is, if we grab our handy-dandy NIV Bible, we'll see that in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 28, that it reads with the word rape. Let's see what it says. 
If a man happen to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her, and they are discovered, and then we know the rest of the story. These Bibles do not agree with themselves, and you will find that the NIV does not stand alone, that there are others, um, versions of the Bible out there that replace, lay hold with the word rape. Now, God is not a God of confusion, and that's exactly what we have now. We have a confusing situation. Which one's right? Who's telling the truth? Well, we don't have time to go into which Bible is actually the correct Bible. It is my personal opinion that the uh, King James Version is the only true Word of God available in the English language today um, for you and I. The NIV is a, a good commentator book, but it is wrong, as you can see from time to time. To add the word rape, even if it does seem that it leans that direction, to add rape is to take a liberty that I do not think is justified. And as we see, when we see the, uh, the cross-reference, that it's not even referring to rape, that it's referring to lay hold upon someone in, in an act of passion. And of course, if we read in Exodus 22 in the NIV, we will see that that's how it explains it. So this book contradicts itself. It doesn't make sense. Whereas the King James Bible, we see clearly has a, a good flow. It, it, it confirms itself without contradicting itself. But let's look a little deeper into this idea of laying hold on someone. Is it possible to, to use the word to lay hold on someone and it not mean in a violent and negative way? Well, let's turn in our Bibles um, to a familiar story in Matthew chapter 16, where Peter has just learned from Jesus that Jesus is intending to go to Jerusalem and there he plans to die. And Peter is not happy with this. And this is what Peter does. And the Bible says in verse 22, it says, Then Peter took him, being Jesus, and began to rebuke him. Took him. This is laying hands on Jesus. Did he take Jesus and rape him? Of course not. Yet we have similar language there. If we turn in our Bibles to Proverbs, chapter... Uh, Chapter 3, verse 18, we jump into a series of verses that is educating us on the importance of wisdom. And verse 18 says, She, being wisdom, she is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. There we see the words, lay hold on her. Is this rape? Is this any act of violence? No. This is, this is an act of passion. Get, get wisdom in your life. Lay hold on her. Embrace her. Make her part of your life in a positive way. And then for a third witness, and there's many, many witnesses I could have, but for a third witness to close out this area, we turn to Matthew chapter 12, verse number 11, and it reads, And he, that, and he said unto them, Jesus, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? And there we see a sheep falls into the pit, and we lay hold to get it out. Is this laying, are we raping the sheep? Of course not. Are we doing something violent to the sheep? I mean, one could construe from this verse that you're angry, that you're forcing me to go out in the field and, and lay hold on that sheep and rip it out of the, the hole. Of course not. It's referring to helping, getting that sheep to a safe place. So we can clearly see that lay hold does not automatically mean violence or some act of impropriety. 
And to read that into those verses, especially with the second witness that clearly shows that it is a form of enticement, it is, it is an act of passion, an act of seduction. We need to have that, that clear understanding. Now, rape is talked about in the Bible, and I think it is important for us to see just where God does stand with rape. So, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, in the verses just prior to the verses that we discussed, we do have a situation that I believe is rape. So let's read what it has to say, starting in verse number 25. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her, and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. But under the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man riseth against his neighbor, and slayeth him, even so is this matter. So there we have a situation where a young lady is raped. She is not held accountable for that action. He is, and he alone. In fact, it is made a comparison to this act being similar to manslaughter, to murder. That she is a victim like the murdered is, vict is a victim. And only the perpetrator, only the raper, is held accountable to death. So God not only does not endorse rape, but he holds it as a capital crime, punishable by death. Well, I hope these words are enlightening and helpful for you today, and I hope that you benefited somewhat from this. And I want to keep encouraging you to open up your Bible and reading with the Word of God and discovering all the wonderful aspects that God has to offer in knowing Him better by reading and, and discovering who He is. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to continue to send your questions in so that we have something that we can um, to look deeper in so that we at the, Christ at the uh, Shepherd Peace Counseling Ministries can grow and learn from. Thank you for your time and may God bless.